Alrighty guys, welcome back to Brolosophy. Today, what we have for you is we have a great show, but before we rip into it, we just want to talk a little bit about our sponsors. So our sponsors are True Protein. So True Protein are a premium supplement brand in Australia. And if I had the chance to pick one provider, a supplement provider, then it would certainly be True Protein. They've been uh, partnered with the show for a long time now. They actually inquired um, with me about partnering back in the days of Adventure Fit. They wanted to give away a couple of holidays and, and so forth. And it was awesome because I've always loved what True Protein do. I've always loved them as a brand. I've always loved the people that they work with. Um, yeah, and when they reached out, it was a welcome surprise. It was awesome. Um, and we've been supporting each other ever since. So um, I don't get too heavily into supplements. I cycle on and off uh, creatine from time to time, but pretty rarely. Uh, I do use a bit of protein and I do use some MCT oil um, from the guys. So, um, and I wouldn't go anywhere else. It, it's really awesome. So, um, but... You know, they've got absolutely everything. So they've got all types of protein powders, all types of uh, performance blends, um, all types of aminos and creatines, pre-workout, post-workout, carbohydrate form, uh, formulas, health foods, nut butters. They've got everything. So um, really, they're a one-stop shop for all your supplement needs Australia-wide. So if you want to score a sick discount, then head to trueprotein.com.au Use the code BRO at checkout and you'll get 10% off. We are also brought to you by Yeti. So guys, what is a Yeti? Yeti is a premium outdoor brand that's starting to make some serious noise in the Australian marketplace. Yeti has created a standard for coolers and the two hard cooler models, the Tundra and the Roadie, were at the forefront of their mission. Born out of a frustration with coolers that cracked, caved and gave up, Yeti has set out to improve three main elements, durability, extended ice retention, and weather resistance. So Yeti guys are a sponsor of Joe Rogan. So effectively, um, they're the best. That's all I'm going to say about that. So to learn more about Yeti, jump online at au.yeti.com forward slash bro and don't look back. Also, guys, last but not least, we are brought to you by Athena. So head to athena.co, A-T-H-Y-N-A, and you'll see all of our uh, virtual assistant services. So how it works, guys, is basically you would send an inquiry to us, say, hey, I've got a team. Um, we're, we're growing and expanding. I need some help in... Um, I need some administrative help to get some tasks off my plate. Um, I want an SEO writer because I want my Google rank to improve. I want a content producer because I want to create awesome videos and, and, and uh, imagery to give value to our community. Whatever it is, you'll make an inquiry with us. Uh, we'll walk you through a live demo. If it's a fit for your business and it's a fit for us, then we'll go out and we'll find the right person to plug into your business and we've got such highly overqualified people ready to go at all times. It's just, it's really taking the piss. So how it works with us guys is, um, so I'll tell you a few of our team members internally at Athena. So this is, you know, people that work directly for us. We have myself, Mads and Drew. So we're the directors, we're the, uh, we're the partners. So I'm CEO, Mads is CFO, Drew's head of growth. And then some of our team members. So these are all team members that we have from... Uh, 
our own recruiting pipelines in Argentina, Venezuela, Philippines, Peru. Uh, we have Aaron, who's IT and tech. He's a weapon. Um, he's as good as anyone you'd pay $100,000 for in Australia. Vicky's our social media manager. She's, she's great. Ricardo is a media producer for us. Ricardo is a professional level media producer. So he's studied film production at the University of Buenos Aires. Mike, business development. He heads up our outreach department. He's in Venezuela. Ed, graphic design, weapon. Jose, account man- accounts manager. He's actually um, Vicky's dad. Uh, Jan, business development manager. Massively, Jan's a practicing law- uh, lawyer um, and he works with us on the side. Matthias is a media producer for us as well. Matthias is a graduate of audio video productions. Um, so another, another professional media producer. Maria, uh, success manager, client success manager. So basically what I've done there is we've got, uh, I've outlined three internal staff directors in Australia and nine offshore team members that just, you'd pay, you'd pay, you'd pay big money for these guys, their skills. And through us, through our packages, you know, for, for a business, it's a way more cost-effective solution for small business and you'd probably pay a third of what you would market value, a third or maybe a quarter of what you would pay market value in, uh, in your, you know, hiring someone in your host country. And it really helps these guys because um, a, lot of the, a lot of the economies that they're coming from aren't really booming, so it gives them uh, really great employment and, and, uh, and yeah, a, a reason to get out of bed in the morning. And um, yeah, and it helps small businesses grow. So if you're interested in growing a team with us, head to athena.co, A-T-H-Y-N-A, and use the code BRO in the inquiry form and you'll get 20 hours free. Alternatively, you can email me directly, doc at athena.co, and uh, we can pick up the chat from there. Here's the show. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. to Brolosophy. I'm sitting here with the great Ben Anglis. <laughs> so I'll, uh, I'll introduce Ben from my end. So Ben, I was actually thinking of um, how to introduce you. I was like, oh, and I, I started thinking about, you know, what I, yeah, what I do to introduce you. I thought, far out, Ben's actually a bit of a multifaceted bloke. I never thought I'd say that about him. <laughs> but, so Ben, for any listeners, Ben, ben is, um, he used to be the, uh, my employer, um, used to be my coach firstly. At a CrossFit gym, CrossFit, uh, CrossFit MP, MP at yeah. first, CrossFit yep. MP, CrossFit Moines Peninsula, um, which became CrossFit Rose, but I ended up coaching under Ben uh, when I entered the fitness industry. And to be fair, I probably attribute, yeah, that probably was a, one of the bigger changes in my life, fitness industry into Adventure Fit, which led me here. So um, yeah, if you unravel it all, that's pretty, pretty cool. But, but Ben, um, 
I've got a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about, but tell me a little bit about yourself. What would you say you are? Like, what, what, what are you into? You know, introduce yourself to the, to the crew. Uh, okay, yep. So, multifaceted. Is that what it was? That's <laughs> yeah. interesting. I haven't had that description before. But, um, yeah, I've... Uh, well, currently, I'm a firefighter. Um, I'm still in the fitness industry. It's something that I'm still passionate about. Mm-hmm. So, I... Uh, work at uh, Made of Mind's gym in Mornington at the Renovator <clears throat> um, on my days off. But I also have just started an online training platform so that I can reach more people, essentially. Um, it's been a bit of an experience. There's so much online stuff. I know you're a bit more tech-savvy than me with that, but it's, <laughs> there's, no, a, so well. there's a lot more to the, uh, the click funnels and the landing pages oh, and all yeah. of that stuff. But it's been, um, it's been a pretty good experience over the last few months. Um, you reached out when I started putting out some videos. It's definitely got me out of my comfort zone. So um, I've always been comfortable to talk in front of groups. I've loved coaching. I love mm-hmm. teaching. I love seeing development in people. Um, but then getting on a social media platform was a step for me that you know, definitely made me anxious. Yeah. Um, but I actually really enjoy it now. So it's something that um, I'm passionate about. And moving forward, I really want to use though that platform, whichever social media line it is, to reach more people as far as health and fitness. But um, you know, like we mentioned earlier as well, even men's mental health and mm-hmm. things like that. So yeah, yeah, you're doing a great job, mate. I- I remember when I saw you on the um, on Facebook doing the front facing camera stuff, doing the monologue <laughs> down the down the. I thought, wow, like you're really good at it, you know? Because most of that stuff, if it's a fitness coach or a business coach or whatever it is, someone trying to say something, I look most of the time. I look down the, you know, this bloke's looking down the camera to me, and I'm like, oh, this is really cringeworthy. I really don't like it. But your stuff's so valuable. It's really, it's really, really good. So I'm not surprised that you're you're off to a good start there. So what made you want to start the? Well, actually, let's take it back. Let's not skip ahead. So, so where did the whole fitness industry thing come from for you? Where did it start? Um, look, similarly to you, I grew up playing pretty much all sports. Mm-hmm. Um, loved them. Uh, you know, obviously had a couple of sports that you chose to continue to put more time into as I got older. And then through wanting to be better for those led me to training so mm. just starting to some sort of fitness <laughs> if i if i was to look back at it it's quite amusing to what i would have been doing i'm sure i remember bar- you threw a barbell into your face uh, right now. I remember that. <laughs> that's what i was mental <laughs> mental known what i was doing but um well earlier than that i don't i used to move a barbell around a little bit um but then just through my natural interest for knowledge made me read a little bit more mm. and then um through training for the sports got me to a point then I chose to join the Air Force, um, which was to follow in my grandfather's footsteps. And then to train for that just made me sort of read a little bit more. So, I mean, it's, it's a really soft introduction to the fitness industry, but I thought, oh, yep, okay, this is what I need to do. And I wanted to know what I had to do to make sure mm-hmm. that I'd perform well. Mm-hmm. Then going through um, the first couple of years of the Air Force, it's a, it's a uh, you know, physical, physical or PT in, mm-hmm. in defence is huge mm-hmm. um, and they had physical training instructors and they used to take us for PT. Um, there, were some brutal, there were some brutal sessions but I loved it and I thought, but even these guys taking us, I thought, oh, you know, that'd be awesome. Like, yeah. that'd, be, that'd be, you know, so much fun. Um, and then from there, it was just within a year after that, I had to finish my trade training uh, in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. But once I'd done that, I'd, you know, started doing my Cert 3 and 4 online and then decided that, it's what I want to do in the Air Force. So mm-hmm. that was how I got 
into the fitness industry and then the expansion from there was yeah there's a, a few avenues that i've been down yeah <laughs> like you've, you know, done everything. So, you've done everything for sure yeah. so so when you're a pt it's pti yeah physical training instructor physical training instructor. Yeah. when you're a pti in the air force so yep. what does a day-to-day look like like how how often are you training the guys what does a session look like tell us about the you know Workings of it again. Well, it really depends where you post it. So it depends on your unit and how many people you've got. But day to day at a training establishment, uh, for example, in you know in Wagga where we've got most of our trainees, mm-hmm. we will have three back to back classes of PT usually to start the day. Um, then we'll have a lunchtime circuit, and then you'll have PT at the end of the day. So you've got you've got a you know any given day five PT classes to run. Mm-hmm. Then outside of that time, we did get time to train ourselves, which was great. But then we also run a part of our um, uh, job was um, uh, adventure training. Mm-hmm. So we would run high ropes courses, abseiling off. We had a water tower, which was 50 metres. So for promotional Sounds courses. Sounds like an adventure fit trip. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. So, we got, and so we'd also have those things to run outside of the classes. But because yeah. there's a few staff... You weren't going to get put on everything all in one hit, but the day-to-day was definitely PT for the first three hours of the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, Then, you know, between the couple of hours between lunch, then, you know, it was either uh, adventure training or we'd have a little bit of time to train. Mm -hmm. And then you've obviously just got your normal admin stuff as well, but it was pretty fun. Yeah, it it sounds like it would have been unbelievable fun. But so what's it look like for an actual cadet or whatever you would call it in the Air Force? Like, what does their training look like? So they're doing one of these sessions? They're doing double days. They're doing. They're, do, they're doing like. one, so they'll get three sessions a week. Oh, so right. it's not as, it's not as hectic like as the movies. Training. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or right. seal training. So, yeah. Um, I, I even remember getting ready for recruit training, thinking, "Oh, we're going to go there and get smashed." Yeah, watching these watching these movies, thinking, "Oh no," um, it wasn't <laughs> quite as full on as that. Their their days are fairly active anyway um, for a recruit because they're up and about early. They're marching around anyway. And a lot of it now has gone to uh, injury prevention. So right. the older style of training is definitely effective. Um, we we have to come in line with society. Yeah. And as, as, as a community and society is not as active as it used to be, so yeah. we can't get away with as much training without... Um, causing more injuries so would it just be smarter as well to because to, like getting someone to the fittest they've ever been and then having them break is obviously not what you want is it you know like is that do you think that's in line with professional sport as well like because I think you know some of the practices you would hear about in AFL 30 years ago oh, yeah. are quite different to the way that they'd be you know applied now you reckon oh, that's similar as well yeah definitely for sure there's yeah. certain things that that's where when you look at something like an elite sport with the AFL there's no doubt I mean everyone used to hear the hundred hundreds that they'd run or whatever yeah. you know like that's just never happening these yeah. days you know? they're not get, even get, allowed to do goal practice after training so they don't load their hamstrings too much get, now get, but get your mates in a circle and the bloke that didn't get the most, <laughs> the most possessions on the ground gets beat up by all your mates yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But the the military, um, and particularly through you know definitely some of the jobs in the army, uh, they have to still train in that realm where there's a chance of injury because oh, you yeah. need to train ready for what you're going to yeah, going to encounter, yeah. which you don't know exactly what that's going to be. Yeah. But if you're only training safely all the time, and then you yeah. go put in this high stress situation, yeah. then there's a fair chance you're yeah, going to break down. You can't down. train submaximum so, all the time and then go to a war zone. That's it, yeah. So you're, you're definitely not trying to break them, but there's some there's definitely some areas where PT steps up and it's, yeah, there's there's a chance. And, and so, so, so in the Air Force, with the like physical side of it coming into the Air Force, is there tests, like, is there, do you have to go through like a certain scenario of 
What do you have to get through and be competent at to actually make it into the Air Force? It's very low standard now. Oh, really? Yep, very oh, low now. Know. Yep, so it's dropped uh, a fair bit. So to, to, to give you this, it's, it's, it's nearly embarrassing saying this now. For, for the normal trade, it will be 6.5 on the beep test. 6.5? Yep, 6.5. <laughs> so, I could hop 6.5. Yeah, that's right. You could run it backwards, so, <laughs> yeah, which we have done right. before. But, that's uh, right. Yeah, so uh, 6.5 on the beep test. Um what is it then? 30 second flexed arm hang. So basically hold yourself above a bar like that's this. That's actually 30 seconds. Probably harder than the beat test. That's, uh, that's not. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's well, not it's, easy. in theory it should be. Yeah. Um, but you'd, some people turn up that obviously have never run at all. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, and then I think it's 30 sit ups to a three second cadence. Qu- very low ups. level. Right. Depending on what trade you're going into. Um, so to be a physical training instructor, the standards are totally different to apply that's a week-long testing to get selected for that um if you're going into the army it's only slightly high though 7.5 on the beep test so it's quite it's quite low the standards because like i mentioned earlier the they they are after a job specific or a trade Mm. that they want you to be able to complete rather than being a soldier yeah that's right yeah training for your brain rather than for your your body yeah which is That makes sense. Yeah, uh, makes sense and from a financial perspective, it's it works better for the government as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's interesting. Yeah, because six point five in the beep test in any sort of uh, <laughs> high performing sport, you'd be just laughed out the door. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I got fourteen. I got fourteen something one time. Yeah, you know, like that's a, a decent beep test is eleven or twelve for sure. Thirteen, I reckon. Oh yeah, that's right. For yeah. sure. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, even the fireys to get in the fireys is nine six. Oh, so really? at least that's you know that's at yeah. a standard. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, how long were you in the air force for? All up? Fourteen years. Fourteen years. Yep. So, but you were so you were still halfway in real life and halfway in the air force, right? So you still lived a relatively normal life. Yeah, so, yep, I mean, you've obviously got to move around on postings, but you don't live on base. Yeah. Um, the the, the defence really has changed over the last sort of 40, 50 years where everyone used to live on base, but yep. now no one really does. Gotcha. Um, it's, some single people might in the blocks, but the housing's all gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so you live just out, out in the community like normal. Um, like you saw, I was still in the Air Force when I had the, my, the yeah, gym. Yeah. Um, so you work Monday to Friday most of the time. <clears throat> Um, so you do really have that still that sort of normal life. It's the, it's the people that get deployed, obviously, that get taken yeah. you know taken away for an extended period of time that yeah, where it changes sure. a little bit. So for yeah. sure. And do you miss yeah. the do you miss your time in the air force? Aspects of it. Um, yeah. I definitely miss the camaraderie with um, being a physical training instructor. Very small section, so yeah. you never work with more than sort of eight people. So you're pretty tight knit. Yeah, for sure. Um, Obviously, you're dealing with a lot of people, but you know you've got that, and that was always good fun. And we did have time to go out and play games and sport and have competitions, and it was always a fun environment where we're all active and we'd all have some you know funny stuff to do. Where it might be trying to hop the beep test or just you know things <laughs> yeah. like that. Like it might be you know as silly as that. We yeah, go out, yeah, and go. Yeah. All right, let's go out to the pool and just hold a weight and see so you can run the furthest. And then you know you turn into a contest where it's like, oh, you made the fifty meters underwater, so now you got to see how far we can go back. Just yeah, it was just yeah, cool yeah. stuff. It was nah, just fun for, for sure. Um, but then you know then I still speak to some of the boys and they're still whinging about the exact same thing that I used to whinge about <laughs> when I was in there. So I think yeah, uh, the one like beep test. I, I don't, yeah. So and I don't miss that, you know. So. It, it was it was a good time. Um, it's definitely set me up for lots of other things that I've done. It's given me a good grounding, a good platform for um, skills that I've taken on further. Yeah. But um, 
it, it was a good time. I don't think it's something that I'd want to go back to, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think of it as a footy club, kind of, because um, I look at back at uh, my time playing footy, and I think you just had that instant, like, camaraderie every day. Or For us, it would be three days a week, yeah. know, three or four yeah. days a week. You know, you'd be Tuesday, Arvo, Tuesday, uh, Thursday, Arvo night, Saturday in the day, and then maybe Sunday recovery. You know you'd be with, like, 30 or 40 lads. Yeah. And there's no end to, like, laughter and banter and, you know, funny stories and, you know, from everybody's life and so forth. And that's pretty – I feel like, um, obviously, before we started recording, we were talking about something similar about, you know, community stuff and, and what have you. And I feel like that's – oh, that's – Pretty important stuff and like stuff that I particularly look back really fondly on, you know. I was the same with school. Like I absolutely loved my time at school. Everyone, so many people, you know, I've heard people finish school and they're like, oh, Jesus, thank God that's over. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Hanging out with your mates for, you know, eight hours yeah. a day, just taking the piss out of teachers and stealing people's lunches. Like that's, <laughs> that was a great time, you know. So yeah. um, I feel like it would be... Um, a little bittersweet getting out of the, the you know, military or any sort of it, it is, but like it's that. it's it's interesting to talk about that. But the bond you get with a lot of the people in defence because you you are like minded people. That's yeah. how you've ended up there. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you you whether it's from defence basketball tournaments or whatever, and then you end up being mates with them. And the the mates that I've got from defence are the closest mates that I've got. Yeah. So you know outside of school and uh, you know anything like that. They're, like, you know, spoke about going away next year on a boys' trip. That's with all boys from Defence still, yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah. you sort of miss having that direct connection with that day-to-day chat on the email or whatever it might be. But, you know, those connections and bonds that you get are just, yeah, they're lifelong. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. And I think, I mean, so you were never really in any posted scenario where there was, you know... Um lives on the line and so forth no nah. so yeah. i didn't get i actually didn't get deployed i was at a training establishment when when uh i could have gone and they wouldn't let me go but gotcha um yeah i but, mean look even as a pti even... you, you you on deployment they're still in a relatively safe area yeah it's not so much like the yeah the you're just doing push-ups out of the back of the, back of the <laughs> yeah that's it yeah, <laughs> the boys the yeah. so um, I, i've definitely had a lot of friends that have though and yeah. been in some pretty hairy situations and yeah um and that's I suppose it's a lot of them when, you know, I know we might talk about a bit, bit about men's mental health later, but it's it's a lot of those guys that are um, that make me want to raise this awareness as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, the reason I ask that is because even though, because I, I was pretty certain knowing your background and being mates with you for, for a long time that you weren't actually deployed, but I just wanted to clear it up. But, but even the fact that you weren't deployed, like even what you're training for and what you're preparing yourself for and the, in, the investment that you're putting into your time in the, in the military and the Air Force that's pretty heavy-duty stuff. You know, it's not really mucking around. So I feel like the bonds would be strong there because yep. you're, really, you're like, we're out here to do something and if push comes to shove, we're the defence of the nation. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, not, yeah. it's not fucking around. Yep. So I could see that those bonds would be, you know, yeah. pretty, pretty strong stuff. Yeah, it is good. It is, because like you say, it, it, if, if required, you are relying on each other in a life or death situation. <laughs> yeah, so, you right. know, it, it can be, yeah. So, because so, I've heard, I mean, we've all seen... You know, all, all different uh, military movies and American Sniper is obviously, well, it's a horrific story of, you know, the true story of, of what happened and, and so forth. And, and we've all read books and listened to podcasts. So, you know, you knowing people quite well and people that are close to you coming back from situations like that, why is it so difficult with PTSD and, you know? You, look, obviously the exposure um, that... The some of those people in the military on deployment get to situations are things that 
we would only see in a movie, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. And then we can easily, um, you know, we, we know we can we can just sit there and go, oh, you know, it's not real to us because it's on a movie, and we're so desensitised now to violence on movies anyway. Yeah. So that so, it's not so much of a real thing. But these these guys have seen things that you probably wouldn't even put into a movie. Mm. Um, they've lost mates. Uh, it's it's. Um, then they come back over here. They can't talk about those exact situations be- purely because of secrecy stuff as well. Um, so it's hard for them to vent. But they also come in a very male-dominated environment. So not talking about... Know, there's definitely females in defence, but yep. on, in those combat roles, there there isn't. Yeah. Um, so you, you're even more in that... It's like a footy club, I suppose, yep. even more in that male-dominant uh, environment. So for them to show weakness or talk about it makes it even... It's even harder again. Yeah. Um, so I think it's... We Plus, talk no one can relate on the outside world. No, nah, that's you right. You know, like... You, yep. uh, if, I would imagine if one of my mates was telling me the, the, about a terrible war zone and actually what happened in there, it'd, it'd fuck me up. Yeah. You wouldn't want to really talk about it with, nah, with people. With that's it. C- civilians, I there's, guess. You, there's, know? you know, there's things that go on that you'd, you, you wouldn't want civilians to even know because of the judgment as well that those yeah. guys had got. Because yeah. unfortunately in war, things happen. There's two and sides. Th- that's exactly yeah. right. And yeah, so it's, um, it's, just, it's, it's a tough place for them to be for one, seeing it, they're just young blokes. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they, they, you know, I mean, you can go all the way back to the, the World Wars oh. where they were literally 15 and 16-year-old boys lying about their age oh. to go away and Man. being exposed to this sort of stuff. You know, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy, yeah. heavy stuff. And, um, yeah, and then, like, you know, like I said, being in that male-dominant environment, it just makes it even harder again. So yeah. I actually, I've had, um, since doing a little bit of this FaceTime on, on uh, social media, and then talking a little bit more about men's mental health, I've had I've had three military guys, ones about to be medically discharged um, because of issues to do with it, um, that have reached out to me that I know, um, not necessarily not close mates, but we're definitely acquaintances, yep. that have uh, basically just opened up on messages where I'm like, wow, okay, and then I feel like, uh, am I really? am I qualified to do this or, you know, mm. what? because it makes me feel like, okay, I don't have an answer for this, but yeah. I know I don't need an answer. Yeah. It's an outlet for them. You're qualified to hear someone out. Um, and I've just tried to guide them in that right into the direction so they can go and get a little bit more help because, I mean, I feel it's it's humbling for them to contact me yeah. when they've n- not spoken to anyone else about it yeah. and then for me to be able to have that input because I know how hard it is for them to come yeah, out and, sure. and open up about it. So, sure. yeah. It's yeah, sad. no, that's great that you're doing that. We have we've had similar things in the past with the podcast, and it's yeah. I had a guy in New Zealand tell me about the fact that he his wife had had left him, and he hadn't told anyone, and they were separated in their own house, and the kids didn't know, and his family friend. And I had this long, you know, back and forth with this dude because I think people just need someone to talk to, you know. And so, and like I think that's why. Again, we talked before the show. A third party can often be the best place to start because they're not going to give you any judgment if they do. Like you don't know them anyway. You hardly know. You know yeah, not your yeah, that's family, right. The closest people that you probably care about what they think. Um, so yeah, that's great. I think um, I remember hearing with like um, on different uh, podcasts and bits and pieces, people coming back from military situations, and I could totally see how this would play out. Like I think being in a in a scenario like that, everything's so you have to be in the present. Yep. You know, there's no time to fuck around and worry about, you know, where your 
bills are getting paid from the, the next next month and you know that girl that you dated on the weekend whether she likes you or not like it's like because that's what we thrive for that's what they talk about is the flow state or whatever you know whether it's I think I, I went for a surf last Sunday with a buddy of mine and first surf I've had in like five years I bought a new board and so forth like a couple of months ago I want to get back yep. into it yep. and I fucking sucked I looked like a total <laughs> I was just like, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. my mate's only been surfing like three years he's got this big dopey you know mini mal or whatever and yeah. he was getting wave after wave after wave and I've got this little <laughs> short board you know thinking I'm you know didn't work out that way <laughs> but um but I actually think about flow state. Two of the things I think are the, the, the best for flow state that I can think of is like surfing. Because I was talking to Tim, my mate, about it. He's like, man, you know, because he does high, high, um, high stress currency trading on a day-to-day basis. Yep. Um, and he said, man, when I'm sitting out here talking, I'm thinking about currency. You know, we're chatting and, 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 and I'm, I'm interacting with people. I'm thinking about fucking currency. You know, he goes, but when the wave comes and my eyes hit the peak currency's out of the window, you know, and I'm, I'm on. It's the only time I'm actually on and I'm, I'm living in the present, really. And I feel like surfing, sex, and sport, you know, they're, the th- they're three things that, like, you can't, you can't be having sex and be thinking about, you know, paying your bills. <laughs> and, and if you are, you should have sex, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, yeah. But, yeah. but being in a war zone is the absolute epitome of that, you know? Like, you're so laser-focused on the present, which in this day and age, with... All we have going on, you know, there's, there's not enough people that are focused on what's going on right now. Yeah, and that's when yeah. you're in your happiest place. Yeah. And I feel like coming back, I feel like that'd be another thing that, you know, being so hyper-focused on the present and being in that flow state is like addictive. Yeah. I would, I would well, that. it is. I mean, uh, that, that adre- I mean, you think that it's nearly a constant stream of adrenaline yeah. that they would have in certain situations, yeah. you know, that lasts for, you don't even know what yeah, period of time. Right. Um and that's it. And you get that on the daily and then you come back to normal life where it's quiet. There's yeah. nothing happening. Yeah, would, it's definitely hard hard to integrate back into, I suppose. But uh, speaking of that, it's interesting you brought it up um, because I know on your podcast, uh, on the Adventure Fit podcast, you spoke a lot about... Um, um, Yep, that is good. Can't think of it now. Uh, what do you call it? Um, with your breathing, meditation, meditation, yeah, meditation. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, are you still doing that regularly in the morning? Oh, I didn't actually meditate for about five months throughout this year. Okay, um, and I just started dabbling back it. But I went probably three years where nearly every morning I'd meditate. Yep. You know, yep. um, but what I actually did was I had a bit of a rough period over the last, um, just probably the last three months. I, I wasn't really where I wanted to be. So. I actually started meditating when I started a wellness routine again. Yep. So I've got this big board at my house. It's a big, um, big bit of ply and I've like painted it black with little squares. Well, I made it look pretty and it's effectively, it, it says uh, it was a calendar and I turned it into a wellness board. So it's my wellness routine and I have on the left, I have on the, across the top, I have days of the week. On the left, I have things I want to do in the day and it's like eight hours sleep, make my bed, cold shower, meditate, journal, train, exercise, see my mates, switch off my phone. I think that's it. Um, and I actually, to get back into a routine, because I've done it twice in the past where I've gamified my routine. Yep. So I try and score myself and better myself and so on and so forth. Yep. It's pretty sweet. So yeah. I did it for, I've done it for eight weeks now and I'm giving myself this week off and I'll only do it for, I might not pick it back up or I'll do it for maybe another month and then I'll probably scrap it for another couple of years. But just to reintegrate that routine back into my life. And I noticed, I was like, fuck, I have meditated for three or four months and I've started meditating a little bit again but I have so many bits and pieces that I throw into my days that 
prepare me to you know be the best version of myself meditation is one of them and i used to think it was you know a huge driver and the be all and end all but now i think it's a nice to have um and i actually think there's a couple of other more significant bits and pieces that i need to do this is just me everyone's yep. different and that's around getting sleep and seeing my mates really yeah seeing, yep. seeing, seeing people being around people yep. and particularly my mates yeah yeah, it's so, interesting I um, because you talk about being in the now and I think anyone that hasn't meditated at all um, probably doesn't fully understand it mm. <clears throat> because it wasn't until I... I haven't done a whole lot of it. Um, yeah. It's just we di- we've we done some drills. I did my mental health first aid. We did some you know breathing. Mental health first aid? Yeah. What does that look like? Uh, mental health first aid is a course that... So this is in the fires, right? Yeah, but it's still a na- nationally recognised course. Yeah, right. Um, it's essentially to... Um, educate you on how to better assist people and look for the signs. Um, So I did suicide prevention, um, a suicide awareness and prevention course, which was a course we had to do as a senior NCO in the Air Force, which again is to look for signs or whatever but the mental health first aid, it was a a great couple of days. It was was, um, really interesting. Uh, it's it's a relatively new course, and the fire brigade is super um, proactive with um, being on top of this because it is such an issue yeah. um, in the emergency services. Um, and over that course, though, they they talk about um, looking out for these signs, helping someone. This is how you can do it. This is where you can lead them. This is what you can do. Um, but at the end of the day, you still need to go and look after yourself because yeah. if I listen to all your problems right now and I provide that space for you, that's great. It's not saying I'm going to walk out the door and have an issue, but I still have taken on that burden oh. anyway. So I need to go out and make sure that I can then make sure that I'm looking after myself. So yeah. they, they were even talking about from there to do even a minute of meditation or breathe, you know, I'm breathing. Yeah. And I found, I, that's when I started it. And I <laughs> sat there and my mind, they said, your mind's going to race, come yeah. back and try and think of this. Your mind's going to race. In 60 seconds, my mind was in 75 places. I don't know how that was possible. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, come back to it. And I'm like, yeah, I've got this now. And like, oh, come back to it. You know, and I, I, it blew me away of how much yeah. I would struggle to be in that moment at yeah. that time to concentrate on one thing. Yeah. Um, so it's something that I try and incorporate when I feel like it. It's not a daily yeah. routine. It's I don't have it locked in, but it's when I just feel like I'm just going to sit and just get yeah. my shit together, basically. It, yeah. it definitely does work. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you... I've used it always as a, you know, for me, meditation, because people used to talk to me all the time. They still do a bit about meditation because I would talk about it on the podcast and, you know, whatever. And I would always say to them, like, look, they go, oh, do you think you're, you're better off that you meditate? And, and I'm like, you know what? I think I am, but I don't really know. Because yeah. I just think that if I'm meditating, I'm probably going to be a slightly better version of myself, slightly more grounded, slightly more, you know, um, level-headed and whatever. But I don't really know because I'm not taking data on myself every day. And yeah. I'm not before meditation, after, during, whatever. So, but I do have one example and, and it was when I was a non-believer. So I had the Headspace app and it's 10 free meditations. And this was like five years ago when I started. It was still the same thing. It was still 10 onboarding free meditations from Headspace. Yep. And so I, um, I was going through a bit of a that social anxiety stuff and whatever and just not, not doing super well, not doing super bad either. And I reckon I did the first one and then I was like, oh, that was, that was fucked. I hated that. Because you think you're doing it poorly you think yeah, you suck yeah. at it you know yeah and then i probably did the next one two weeks later and then i did the next one a week later and then i was just like i'm no good at this this sucks and i hate every second of it and i didn't do it for another month then it was like two months i reckon i got to about 
less than seven of this 10-step <laughs> yeah. guided meditation app, and it took me about 18 months. <laughs> and then one day, because AdventureFit was so stressful, I remember having my laptop open, and I was sitting there, and all these, I had all these fires to put out. And I'm talking like decent-sized fires. Like, I was a nightmare of a scenario. Yep. And I was, I was like, okay, cool. Where, where do I start? Where do I start? Where do I start? And I was trying to calm myself. Come on, you need to get to work. You need to just knock them off one at a time, one at a time. And no matter what I did, all I could do was stare at the screen. And I never really had this before. So much stress where I couldn't actually type and start because I didn't know where to start. I was just so overwhelmed. Yep. And I thought to myself, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to fucking do something here. I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm going to try this fucking rubbish meditation shit again. So <laughs> I go, go to my room and I put in the Headspace app and um, I started breathing and, and whatever. And don't know whether it was talking about it in the guided nature of the guided meditation, but, but, or whether I was just thinking about it. But think, let's say they were talking about it. They were like, okay, cool, you might have a lot of thoughts in your head. And I was like, yeah, I've got fucking 500,000 thoughts in my head right now. And then it's like a couple more breaths. It's like you should feel some, some thoughts go away and subside. I'm like, oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I feel like I've got 200,000. And then like, you know, two more. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I feel like I've got 500 things in my head. This is, seems to be working. 50 things, 10 things, two things, one thing, still. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? It was insane. It's given me kind of goosebumps to yeah. remember back to it because I was like, I'd never had that before. And I, was, and, I, and I finished. There was still like five minutes to go on the meditation. Yep. So I just concentrated on the breath, to- felt totally still. And I got up off the bed and I went like this. I went, stretched myself out. All right, let's fucking get to work. And I sat down and I just started knocking off, you know, all the tasks and putting out all the fires. And, and that was the one day that definitely did sell me on meditation. And I've never really had as impactful of, a, of, a, of an instance as that. But that, for me, proved meditation's efficacy straight away. Yep. I was like, that's yep. fucking insane. It's yeah. incredible. Um, I'll tell you another thing which is quite funny. So um, <clears throat> the only other time I felt like that, where, where I felt fully, fully cleared of thoughts, so actually, so completely, was um, I took 10 grams of um, mushrooms about 18 months ago. Yep. So a hero's dose of magic mushrooms, which is like next level, put you on fucking another planet, another universe is five grams and I had nine and a half grams half, halfway accidentally and halfway just being a fucking moron. It's not like you. <laughs> yeah, so, but, um, but it's so funny. I've talked about this on the podcast before. I wouldn't recommend doing I did it by myself. It's the dumbest thing I've ever done really. Like it was fucking stupid. But anyway, I did it. But aside from all the other weird and wonderful and weird, like, wacky stuff that happened, I thought I died. I thought I was dead. And I was fucking crying my eyes at four hours. I thought I was dead. I was writing letters to my parents. I thought I was in, because I was in my body, I could see where I was, but I thought that I was in the space between death and actual everything's gone in that grace period, life flashing before your eyes, basically. Yeah, That's where yeah, I thought I was. Yeah. And because I thought I had died, I was at one point, I walked out and looked up at the stars and I said to myself, well, that's fucking it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and but um but the funny thing was for this whole four hour period i was sad as fuck you know because all i could think about was my brother and my mom my dad a little bit a couple of my mates really my brother and my mom and i felt my mom was gonna be so upset i'm gonna miss my brother so much like just but having said that every other thing that i've ever stressed about in my life every bit of anxiety every bit of you know stress every bit of depressive moods i had none of it like for the five hours that I thought I was dead, four or five hours, 
I was the most at peace I've ever been. That's interesting, isn't it? Because I'd, I'd, I'd actually, in my own head, I'd come to the realization, nothing to stress about anymore. Yeah. What's the point of stressing? You know. So, and I was just, I was recalling my life, and like I said, I was sad, but I was, it was the most at peace I've ever been. Also. Yeah, it's amazing. It's quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's quite interesting, and I just think it's because you just, you don't have that stuff to stress about. But I, um, yeah, it's funny you talk. Something you mentioned earlier, you, you said. Um, you know, looking after yourself when you have people around you that aren't doing so well. I reckon in the last three months, I had that period where I was having a bit of a rough trot and yeah, I've had people around me that have been suicidal, good friends of mine, yep. and it fucking takes it out of you. It absolutely, I reckon it cooked me a bit, you know? Yeah. It really cooked me. So did you do anything to look after yourself at that point or were you just pretty much just carrying it? Nah, I just... Nah, I probably didn't do anything for long enough. That's when I started the wellness thing again. I'm like, yeah. right, I've got to fucking get straighten myself out a little bit here. Started seeing my psychologist again. I've just seen him once. Um, but I'll, I've, I've booked in a few to keep uh, keep up with him. Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit. And that's and But the, when I talk about the wellness stuff, that's incorporating, you know, getting eight hours sleep every yeah, night, yeah. you know, yep. meditation. There's about 10 things in that wellness thing that started again. So, But it is a it's a heavy burden to bear you know other people's other people's um i think it's even the, the helplessness as well yeah. because you don't have an answer you can't change their mood you can't yeah, yeah or when i say mood not necessarily that they're cranky or anything but you can't change their mindset yeah um it's a slow process and if anything we feel bad yeah. we feel bad that we can't help and i think it's just oh. yeah that that yeah, that and it is. We just take it on board, and uh, I, you could see quite easily how you got into a rut as well mm-hmm. yourself without looking yeah. after yourself. So, yeah, um, and that's that's where you know this mental health first aid is. Um, you know, it's definitely pitched at at um, at everybody, but it applied really well to the fire brigade because we don't want a, a flow and effect of somebody struggling. Nah. Then you're trying to help them, then you get it, and then we have this, oh, this domino yeah. effect. You know, so sure. um, you know they're. I think it's. I think it was one of the better things. Oh, one of the better. There was lots of good things, but it was a really good thing to come out of the course. You know, talking about looking after yourself, mm. and they make they make a, a big point of that. So mm. yeah, you can't help yeah. others if you can't help yourself. Exactly. It's like a yep. relationship. You know, you can't like my last relationship, the long long termish relationship. Where you know I was together for a year with Jill, and that was at my worst point mental health wise. Yep. And. I really believe in the whole, you know, you can't love someone else without loving yourself. And I'm not saying I didn't, I had no self-love or whatever they say, but, but my life was just hectic, you know. Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't keep my own head above water rather than be a good, you know, boy, boyfriend, you know, partner to somebody else. Yep. Um, so, no, nah, it's super, it's super key. So, why, why, do, why do fireys get mental health issues? Uh, again, exposure. So, yeah, right. a lot of people don't thing. know uh, the fire brigade are first responders to code zero so people unresponsive not breathing Um, so pretty much any dead person and a lot of the time uh, we're there first so that can that includes suicides drug overdoses any of that stuff Um, plus you've also got exposure to um, obviously car accidents and things like that that come out of that Um, and then cats in trees yeah, cats and trees, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> um, that's all we do, mate. We just go and see cats and trees. Um, Probably not so, the right time for levity, but anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's really just that exposure. 
It's, yeah, um, and it just accumulates over time. Uh, there's, you know, uh, even a guy off my course, so it doesn't necessarily have to be that you've been a, a fiery for 30 years. Mm. Uh, he went out to a seven-year-old girl that um, he had to work on. She didn't make it. Oh. You know, he's got a seven-year-old girl. He oh. went home that night and, you know, that just it, it destroyed him then and there. I mean, look, he... He spoke about it instantly. Um, everyone got around him. It was good. And, and you know, we can talk it out. That's fine. But there's yeah. a lot of people that will be in situations and then just not speak about it again. Yeah, and sure. then it just accumulates. So um, an interesting thing, um, again, because I haven't been exposed to it, was this, you know, there's some people in the fire brigade that all of a sudden go to one incident that you think is run of the mill. It's not yeah. even that much. It's no, not it's too much. But it triggers something and they say that I, I'm remembering things from 20 years ago that I'd yeah. forgotten about. Yeah. So they, they're then reliving this and then those mm. issues come up. So, um, yeah, again, so like police, you know, obviously paramedics, they see a whole, whole world of things as well and fireys, it's, it's just constant exposure to that stuff. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's hit certain people different different ways as I, um, yeah, I think one of the, one of the things that fucks me over is I'm I'm personality traits wise I'm you know I'm not a all round great at everything bloke but I'm quite empathetic yep you know and like um, and it it, to my detriment you know I take other people's energies on like I see someone walk in the room and and they're sad I notice right away I'm like fuck that dude's anxious yeah you know I notice it right away Um, so because it was funny because I had a flyer of a day on just a great day. I just came home from what I'd maybe trained, done, just got good stuff done at work, you know, interactions with any random person were just, you know, happy and just like good banter and whatever. Just a good day. <clears throat> and then I came home and I remember in the space of two hours, I just, fuck, my, just uh, my day unraveled. So I, I came home and I've got this um, guy staying with me on Airbnb for like a couple of weeks in this one room that we've got. And um, I asked him why he'd He's an Indian guy, and I thought because he has a strong, heavy accent, he's actually been over here for ten years. But I said, "Oh, Veranda, like, what are you, what are you, what are you up to? Um, what are you doing in Melbourne?" He's like, "Oh, no, I live here." I said, "Oh, right, yeah, sorry." <laughs> I said, um, um, "I said, what are you doing staying at my joint?" And he goes, "Oh, I'm going through a divorce with my wife." I was like, "Oh, fuck, no worries, sorry, man, fucking no. hell." And then, but he started to open up about it. I'm like, "Okay, cool." That was actually earlier in the day, sorry. And then I came back later on that night, and he asked me if I'd have dinner with him. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was kind of busy because I was going to go watch Joker um, oh, yeah. in, the, in the evening. And then he's like, oh, would you please? And I'm like, I could tell he was having a shit one and he wanted to spend a bit of time and just get some stuff off his chest. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, 100%. And he, he sat down, he just made some like cream cheese, bagel-y looking <laughs> things with salmon and it was, fuck, shit. <laughs> that was actually... <laughs> but, but, um, but so anyway, but he tells me, he then tells me like, He's getting divorced with his wife, but he's got this beautiful daughter. I'm like, oh, fuck, man. And he's showing me photos of his daughter and telling me how bad it is that he can't stand on this. And then I was just real down, you know, down for him. And then he said, um, he goes, oh, and I haven't told you also, I've got Parkinson's disease. Oh, and I was like, what? And he goes, he goes, yeah. He goes, he's 44. He goes, they gave me six years of independence. Um, no, they gave me three years of independence six years ago. He goes... I'm on bro time. And I was just like, my God. And then, fucking hell. So this bloke, he's going right, but he's like, his left leg doesn't really, when he walks, it's pretty much stiff. And then his left arm is like, shakes, dead. And I didn't notice any of this stuff, but then when he told me, it's blatantly obvious. You know, and he's going to, he's going to deteriorate like a hockey stick curve of like, once it starts to really hit him, which it is, it's going to be really 
really fucked. And it was so sad. So I went from that conversation with Verenda for about an hour. And he's actually a lovely guy. Like, I really got a lot of time for him. He's got a kind heart. And he's a nice guy to talk to. And he's, you know, he's just having a... He's just got everything going poorly for him. And, and then I went to watch The Joker. Have you seen The Joker? No, I haven't seen it. Is oh, it good? It's a masterpiece. Yeah, right. It's a masterpiece. Oh, I'm really, keen. It's really, yeah. good. it's really good. But it's... I reckon it's the saddest movie I've ever seen. Oh, so you've just gone from that conversation to the to the saddest movie you've ever seen. But it's not sad because it's like, you know, emotional, you know, rom, rom-com or, you know, romantic drama or whatever. It's because this guy, the Joker, whatever his name is, he's got, he's got a name in the movie. <coughs> Arthur, not Dan, that's, um, that's the fucking Two-Face. Um, Arthur, whatever his name is. So he's just a bloke who, he's a, you know, American guy. He's a loser from what everyone, you know, society would call him. Lives with his mum. Shit at everything he's tried to do. Like, I thought he was going to be a stand-up comedian and it just failed. And it's, it's really just a dark portrayal of a really unhappy man. Yep. And his... his I thought about it. I don't know what made me think about this. I was like, that movie should have been called Diary of an American Terrorist. You know? Yeah, right. Because that's what it is, really. He was yep. like... And that's, that's what's going on in America right now. Yeah. Terrorism, white terrorism. You know, we talk about, you know... Donald Trump talks about not letting, you know, Mexicans in. Yeah, and and yeah. and and, and, and um, it's like, hang on a sec, mate. You have, you know, every second day there's a mass shooting, and they're all white blokes. Yeah, it's crazy. They're all just sad white blokes. And yep. so the movie's actually, it's. I reckon it's a masterpiece, but it's it's. Oh, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. It's like it's so raw and hard hitting for someone who's empathetic. Yeah. Someone and, yep. and from this conversation I just had with Randa, I literally started the day. Got to about 6pm. I'm like, I've had a fucking great day today. You know? <laughs> then I have this conversation and watch a Joker. I went to bed. I'm rock like, bottom. I'm like, there is so much suffering in the world. It was yeah. like, oh, it killed me. Yeah, but, uh, I suppose all you can do then is just, yeah, you've just got to get back and back on track and look after yourself then. Though, oh, don't you? Yeah, I know. You know right. that next day. But, yeah, um, that's right. But How's he going now? Verenda. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's not going great. This was only, you know, this conversation is only a week ago. So That was only but, a week, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. But no, he's not... He's not doing great, but he understands the situation. You know, it's everybody's been, been you know, partly through it. I got a mate who's just about to have. We were in here last night, actually. And we, then we went rock climbing. He's just about to have his second kid with the girl of his dreams, and they were fucking great together. And you know, his mum went through terminal cancer for the years and years and years. And when she actually passed away, it hit him really hard. And he went to shit, and then they, their relationship went to shit, and they're about to have their second kid, and they're just breaking up. You know, yeah. It's just like everyone's been through it and it's just yeah there's so much far out there's so much positivity in the world there's so much good stuff and I I think humans are you know inherently good but there's also just there's so much just hard stuff that goes on day to day to day yeah there is jeez we've got we've got real heavy (laughs) haven't we <laughs> Full on we have. You wanted to talk about bloody mental health or something, didn't you? <laughs> I know, I just, I, yeah. Let's talk about basketball. The, well, yeah. Let's talk about Anthony Davis the, and the Lakers now. Yeah, the um, world. Yeah, that's it. But um, I mean, yeah, there definitely is some heavy stuff. I, mean, I think that's why it's so important to have an outlet, an avenue available all the time, readily available for, for people to just be able to talk. Because I think even just that going home. Um, you know, uh, you probably more so. You probably your dog. You probably vent a little bit while you're out. And, you know, um, but you know what I mean. Like just being able to go home and just have that, 
um, dump of your day. Mm. As small as that might be, it just still just gets rid of a little bit of stuff, a little bit yeah. of stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty important. And then obviously, if there's any heavier stuff, you've obviously you've you've done a good thing and provided that for him. Yeah. When he just didn't have it. Yeah, you know? that's right. Which, that's um, right. yeah. And I keep harping back onto the community thing with with my mate Charles because he's you know gone from having his wife and kid and just working and not really kind of losing a bit of the social connections that he's had with yeah. his crew because Truzzy grew up as you know one of the larrikin dudes and out at the pub every weekend and playing footy and filled yeah. with laughter and banter and lads and whatever and mates you know yeah and then that's kind of then you move into the family and you're like okay cool now I've got my family no worries and then the family's taken away he's like fuck yeah you know, now I've got to try and build all that other stuff back up where and he's 34 so a lot of that has passed yeah a lot of that <clears throat> stuff isn't really there anymore so that's with him I'm like you got to build that back up you yeah. got to go you got to go and identify it. it's different too it's yeah. different now because everyone's at different points of their life so yeah, you're not right. you're not gonna yeah it's a no, different but you yeah. can still have the community that's why I absolutely rock climbing gym because one it was fun and yeah. I really liked doing it and he I thought he would like it it was, it was just it was sick but it's also like it's a community there it's, they, they model it like um, like a gym like a crossfit gym or like a F45 or a yoga studio it's like 30 bucks a month yep. and you have access to climbing every day then they have they have a couple of yoga classes and a, some sort of a fitness class or whatever and and all this um, it's just in Collingwood but I took him there and, and I just keep harping on him I'm like he's a little bit strapped for cash but not so much I'm like man you just need to find a community find something you want to do and just because that's what I did when I moved to the city I didn't know anyone up here Yeah, you know and now I've yep. got hundreds of mates up here and some that I'd count as like some of my closest mates you know only a small handful but they weren't in my life four years ago three or four years ago yeah yeah. so I think um, <clears throat> one thing I wanted to talk to you about because it was top of mind with me with my mate Truss is like and we'll talk about obviously mental health how was like because you've been through a transition with the family obviously you know you've got your, your, your um, kids with Mandy and yep. then you moved out of like that relationship into your, your new relationship how was that whole because so many people more than 50% of us go through yeah. Horses, you know, yeah. Like now specifically, um, so uh, look, it's, it, there's no doubt it's it provides stress from a number of angles. Um, financial stress is a huge one. Um, it was probably a, a huge factor for me selling the gym at the point at that point. Yeah. Um, particularly because I'd only just moved the gym and things like that. Yeah. Um, and obviously, shit happens in life and relationships break down. But the biggest thing um, is, uh, like you say, I mean, then all of a sudden you're relying on people in a, in a a lot more when you yeah. hadn't because it's a natural thing for people to be in a relationship you sort of don't get as much time with your mates because you've got you've got responsibilities priorities, and yeah. priorities yeah um so all of a sudden you're sort of relying on them a little bit more you're relying on the family a little bit more um but the hardest part for me i mean financially you can work your way back you can do whatever um it's it's more the kids and you hear so many horror stories about fathers particularly not getting access to their kids and I'm super fortunate that I have uh like I fit the kids 50 50 oh, it wasn't right. that initially yep. but that was more on my own behalf because I didn't have anywhere to live I was living yep. in a room at mum's house and yep. then I you know went and rented a little place but with my hours I just couldn't have the kids all yep. the time so you that was more on you had to reset your life to yeah I had to reset um yep. and uh you know I've a, a, an amicable relationship you know um with Mandy and yep. Uh, it allows a lot more freedom as far as the yeah. kids go. So there can be open discussions. We've run birthday parties together. Yep. But I think probably the biggest factor is um, a lot of people moving forward and then having, um, you know, finding a new partner. I've, it's, I'm just, I'm blessed, like super fortunate because Shell is 
unbelievable with the kids. Mm-hmm. If, if she was somebody that um, didn't have time for the kids, um, didn't see them as a priority, then we wouldn't work. Yeah, because at the end of the day, your kids have to be your priority. But 100%. she, they absolutely love her. And not that I want my kids to think that every relationship breaks down and it's, I, I want them to understand love. But, you know, Jasper even said to her, um, yeah, maybe 12 months ago, he said, oh, so Shell, um, if, when you and dad break up, we'll have three houses to stay at because so he thinks he's going to be able to stay. He's going to be able to stay at his mother's. He's going to stay with me and he's going to say, so now as much as I don't want him to think all relationships are going to break down, it was it just it just warmed my heart to think that that's how close he is with her, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, so moving forward for anyone that's, you know, in the middle of a divorce, it's the last thing you're thinking about, you know. Yeah. But um, for a male particularly, it's your kids and all of a sudden – whilst you might have been at work and you got home and you had an hour and a half before they went to bed or you had an hour or whatever it may be, when that one hour is gone, all of a sudden you sit there by yourself and you're in your own head and then mm. that, you just, that's, that's easily the hardest part. And yeah. That's what my th- mate called me the other day. He yeah. said exactly that. Oh, it's he just, goes, not having to go at you, but you're busy. I keep leaning on you and I know yeah. you've, and, and he goes, not having to go at you in any way, but I, I can't fill my day. Like everyone's busy and I'm just, I hate just sitting around. He's like, it's fucking killing me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's like, you know, I mean, I'm fortunate to have them 50-50 and that and that's fair and the kids are happy with that and that's great, but I still hate the weeks they're not with with us. Yeah. You know, like they yeah. go back and I'm like, oh, like I'll still go to all the sporting stuff and yeah. go and watch them do whatever even the weeks you know, we don't have them, but that's by far the hardest part and um yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a few years down the track for me now and I'm obviously happily married and you know, we've been married just over two years and we've got an eight-month-old, or she's nearly eight, nearly eight months old, mm-hmm. and she's awesome. And then watching the love with, uh, like, Talia and Jas, you know, because um, Abby's 18 now, which yeah. is scary, so she's yeah. driving around. So we kind of just catch up with her when she's got time because yeah. her social life's pretty hectic. Many boyfriends yeah. Um She's got a boyfriend. He's, oh, he's, really? not, yeah, he's not a bad bloke. Yeah, yeah she's. Cool. Yeah, she's had. Oh, a, you got a bit of hair on your head. You've like, been a bit more, <laughs> more, more scary when you had to shave. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's, he's like he a actually pretty boy now. Actually, he's I wouldn't good. Be too intimidated at all. What's that? You he said look like a bit of a pretty boy now. I, be too <laughs> at all. I had a bit of growth last week. I should have kept it. Um, but um, yeah, so you know, and then seeing seeing that that connection between them, it's just it's awesome. Like it's yeah. It's yeah right. So I mean, there's definitely light on the other side for um, you know, not that I'm the one to provide all the advice for those guys, but it's. Just, it's it's you just want it to be as amicable as you can yeah. so that you can see your kids. Because I've yeah. got a mate of mine that has just gone through and he's going through hell where it's just yeah. lies and it's just in and out of court. He's spent well over $100,000. Oh. She breaks court orders, it means nothing. If he broke court orders, it'd be kidnapping. It's yeah. it's really hard yeah. for that. So um, that's where it becomes an issue. And, you know, for him, look, he just battles through and he just finds a way and he has to just – and he's he's been great and he mm. talks a lot, which mm. is good. Mm. Um, but it, there's no easy way to get through it, really. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. So you're but like actually, you say, more than 50% of people, yeah, more than 50% yeah. of relationships break down. Yeah, so, yeah. Hey, something yeah. funny I just realised when you just um, told me how old uh, Abby is. You're going to be a, um, you're just going to be a career father. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. I was talking about your this other day. Working career, well, you're we're, be, look, we're actually, yeah, we're, we're planning on having, you know, at least another couple. <laughs> yeah. um, so... <laughs> I was a father at 21, and I, that's what I said to Shell. I said, we, we, we got to pump these kids out because I'm not yeah. going to be a father. But well, sometime I'll relax at one point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, um, Lexa uh, is l- like the perfect baby, though. Yeah. I, I said right. to Shell, she's lulling us into a false sense of security <laughs> yeah. because she just sleeps. She's happy. She's just awesome. 
Um, so yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I do want to rest at some point. Maybe when I'm, <laughs> maybe when I'm seventy. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, that's classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, sweet. And then so we probably got to wrap it up. Probably we'll get out of here in five or ten minutes, Ben. But so at the moment you're in the fireys and you started your online. Um, you know, um, what would you call it? Just online, pe- pe- uh, online. Yeah, online training. It's online a it's training, a yeah. it's a concept that even I sort of was a little bit. Um, well, it was new to me. It was it yeah. more got introduced to me through another guy, and um, he just said, "Look, I've got a friend who's uh, it's called the Coaches Cartel. I'm part of, part of the Coaches Cartel, where they give you the tools and basically teach you about like I was talking click funnels and yeah. landing pages and all yeah. of that stuff." Um, and uh, so, you know, speaking to those guys, and I'm like, how does it work? I had no idea. Like, I've literally trained, like, talking about I've trained people in the military, I've trained fireys, I've trained CrossFitters, I've, mm-hmm. you know, the kids, the list is, is endless. And then I've got to this, and I'm like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, how does this work? So, um, and it, it just runs off an app. I use um, an app. Uh, I get to upload the programs. Um, I'll upload nutrition, depending on sort of what coaching they yep. want. Um, and then... I'll have like a closed Facebook group. There's accountability questions on there. They get to, you know, a live Q&A once a week with me. So yeah. the group can get on and, and ask questions. They can message me um, whenever and I'll get back to them, you know, within a, a decent time. Um, but it's really that accountability. Whereas when they use a log, they go through whatever the workout might be, bench press, you know, three by 10, they enter their weight, keep going through their squats whatever and then hit finish and it comes through to me so I can see what they've done Um, I can see where they're going to go and they'll still get progression so it's essentially for people that don't have time Um, I'm really sort of trying to help parents as as much because they're just busy and they struggle so they can't necessarily get to the gym to see a PT when they're there they can't get to a class when it's there so it's giving them the flexibility to be able to go to a gym if they want to and train. Um, there's videos of all the movements, there's mm. explanations and all of that stuff on the app so that they've got something to follow and they've got to be accountable to me. Yeah. So um, it's been really good. Look, I'm only, I'm only what am I, eight weeks in to, from when I've actually launched the, yeah. the stuff. So I'm now just starting to see some really cool stuff with, yeah, with some people. And it's, you know, I mean, you just you still see everyday life stuff where people get sick and this happens and this yeah. happens and it's, cool. you know, that's just that's just what what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and it's just getting them through that. And I, I'm big on mindset as well because yeah. I think, uh, you know, nearly ninety percent of it's psychological for a lot of people. Yeah, it's sure. like they'll eat something crap huge. on a Monday and they go, "Oh, this week's ruined. I'll just start next week." Yeah. You're like, yeah. Well, no, that you know, the yeah. week's not ruined. You know, and it doesn't have to be the hardest thing ever. And yeah, accountability is massive. Yeah. I do a bit yep. of business consulting for a couple of mates and. I'm just their sounding board and accountability manager. Yep. They do it. They come up with the ideas and have to action them, but they have to answer to me accountability-wise. And otherwise, yep. they wouldn't do half of it. That's it. You yeah. Know? So, yep. yeah, mate, I, I, I reckon you'll be wildly successful doing it. I really do. I yeah, really... It's exciting. It's it's still so so new to me, and um, mm. you know, there's still so much to learn for me, which is cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm keen to see it grow and yeah, see where oh, we can mate. go. Wish yeah. you all the best. I reckon you're going to kill it with it, and it's going to help lots of people. You know. It's a it's an avenue to one to many, you know, like yeah. a gym, but even more so. Yeah. Um, which yep. is great. So, um, mate, I reckon that's it. We're Thank done. you. You're not sweating. Hey, I'm not sweating. <laughs> I was sweating earlier, <laughs> yeah, but uh, you, you didn't make me nervous enough, mate. <laughs> yeah. uh. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> um, anything before we um, before <laughs> we wrap up, um, things that you want to plug, where can people find you, like how would you get onto the online program and so forth if you wanted it? Uh, yep, so basically at the moment I just run it off uh, 
social media platforms, so either LinkedIn or Facebook. On Facebook, there's Benny Anglis Fitness. It's a closed group, but you can request to join it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're just sort of building those members. I post stuff in there, but I also post stuff on my own mm-hmm. page. Um, LinkedIn, again, anyone can see it, but LinkedIn's more of a business thing, mm-hmm. like you probably know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Benny Anglis Fitness, uh, I don't have a website. I'm running it purely through social media at the moment. A website I might look at down the track, but... Um, I try and keep it a bit more personal at the moment. Cool. Yeah. If anyone needs an online trainer, couldn't recommend this bloke more highly. All right, Ben. Mate, that's been great. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Bill. (laughs) Pleasure, mate. All right. And that's a wrap. All righty, guys. If you like that show, you can support us in a number of ways. You can climb up the um, highest mountain in your surrounding area and scream at the top of your lungs, I love Brolosophy. You can do that. Uh, you could potentially, you could go to your local hardware store. You could buy some spray paint. Um, you could go, you know, sneak out in the middle of the night, get to a really busy area. Like, say, if you're in Melbourne, you could go to Federation Square. Um, you know, if you're in LA, you can go to like the Staples Centre, maybe. Um, London, you could go to kind of um, where would you go? Maybe Tower Bridge. And, you know, take that spray paint and just spray paint, Brolosophy's fucking sick all over the joint. Like, fuck yeah, Brolosophy, Doc's the mad dog. You know, like all that kind of stuff. Um, You could certainly do that. Um, You could get a rock. You could, you know, get a bit of paper and just write, Brolosophy is the best thing ever. Subscribe. And then you, you know, wait. Yeah, paper first. You'd have to get the paper. Write that on the paper. Wrap it around a rock. Bit of sticky tape. Maybe like big stretchy, what are they called, you know, lacquer bands. And you just, you take that rock or like a bunch of rocks and just throw it through somebody's window. Hopefully they'll subscribe to the show. Um, you know, and that'll be awesome. Um, really help us grow. So anyway, so so that's one way or three ways, three good ways you can support the show. Um, yeah, and you can also support our sponsors at trueprotein.com.au. Use the code BRO for 10% off. Also, head to au.yeti.com forward slash bro to check out the world's best coolers. You won't be disappointed. And head to athena.co, A-T-H-Y-N-A. Use the code bro when you inquire and you'll be eligible for 20 hours free there. This has been Philosophy Through the Eyes of an Idiot. See you next week.